forever young. I don't know why that song stuck in my head, but it's in my I don't head. know. I, I thought I thought you know who else is forever young? Jesus, Happy I knew. <laughs> Happy Easter. <laughs> yeah, they they. That's how we tie it in. Yeah, it was thirty-two, uh, right? And it was like, nah, yeah. I'm good. Forever yeah. young. <laughs> Hold up, what, I didn't. We were uh, we had a little. Uh, we, we, you know, we had a little tiff before the show. You didn't have to punch me in the eye. Before. So we're supposed to be on the same team here. I can't. I can't a thing going on around here. I can't help it. There's a, a digital eye punch because you were late, and I don't play those games. Actually, you weren't late, but you, I'm just, I'm just an I asshole. It doesn't matter. It's a matter. It's uh, you know, I said something wrong to you in French. I think, that, uh, <laughs> oh, you, and then we fist, fist of cuffs ensued. Oh, we got to get to that one. The NBA is out of control as the season comes to a close. But Alabaster, let's start with a team that may have a little bit more control. Yeah, there's only one place to start on ESPN, and that the Lakers. Kings. The- oh, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. The our seven seed. Los Angeles Lakers, after starting the season 2-10, and 10, ended up above 500, dispatched the Utah Jazz today and are in the seventh seed. But I want to push it forward. Do you think the Lakers can make a deep run from the play-in? All right. I didn't know we were saying their name like that. I understand that they are on the ESPN national flag along with LeBron James as alone in the Cowboys logo. But I didn't know we had to say the Lakers. Um, they're headed into the playing game. They have a chance if they do well of playing the Grizzlies, which changes the way we answer this question. If they don't do so well in the playing game, they got the Nuggets, which I think really limits their chances of making a deep run. So I love Alabaster and I love his vague questions because they give us a chance to define it. So before you even answer the question, David, what the hell is a deep run? Give me quantify for me. What's a deep run? One series, two series, the NBA finals. What is a deep run? I think if a they deep beat, run if they is beat the two conference finals. Yeah. Pay attention. I said David, quantify for me. Jesus, Alabaster. Focus in. That's you're still I, drunk on Easter wine. Look, Dominique, you're still feeling punchy. You look at you. <laughs> still punchy today. I think uh, I mean I think that a deep run is a conference final. Like that's a deep run to me. Second round is not a deep run. And I think you got to make the conference final to do that. And they kind of got a shot to doing that a little bit. I mean, you, you, you mentioned that they <laughs> I, have. That, that it, you ever hear somebody say it's, well, it's not, it's not what you say is how you say it. Yeah. You are on the same boat yeah, as me. You just yeah. scared to say it. You said that high-pitched voice means that you don't have any confidence in them either. And I have a minor – like, you could argue that if they fall into the proper seating, they could knock off the Grizzlies, possibly. And then maybe if the Kings advance, then they could knock off the Kings. That's – I still feel like that's unlikely. If they happen to fall into where the Nuggets are and the, and the Suns and the Warriors, and potentially, uh, yeah, those teams, then they have no chance. So – My answer is no, because as good as they are, and to be fair, they're a different team than they were to start the season. They're a better team. Mm -hmm. They're a respectable team that I think, honestly, is capable of beating any one of the teams in the West on any given night and even potentially could beat anybody in the West in the series. But the question is a deep run. That means they're going to have to win two series, and I don't see that happening, not with a a LeBron in his 20th year and AD who, like, is – I mean – He's fragile. I mean, no disrespect. When he's on the court, he's great, but he's he's injury prone. He has been his entire career. 
this, this is the thing that worried me about the about the late. Well, there's a lot of things worried about the late. This is the thing that really worried me is how they looked against the Clippers on mm-hmm. that back to back. They yeah. looked so spent about a week ago after playing an overtime game and then going to the you know not even going anywhere. They're playing at home essentially against the Clippers and they looked done in the first half. And then about to be in the playoffs, like a play-in tournament is essentially you know a, a game and then you're off. Then you're playing the Grizzlies pretty much every other night, every two or three nights. And that Grizzlies team is young. And I know we've kind of written off the Grizzlies because of the John Morant stuff and all that stuff. But that is still a good team. They've picked yeah. things up without uh, without Adams there. And, you know, that's still a good, fast team that the Lakers are going to have trouble with. But I do think there is a world where the Lakers win that series. But, oh, man, yeah. it's not like, you know, it, it's it's tough. That's a LeBron. Like, I feel like that's just the LeBron thing in the back of your head. And I, I mean, I guess yeah. I have to feel that way also, but I also am watching him play. So, like, I would get on board with that back to back excuse if they didn't need that Clippers game. Like, that was a game that could have really helped them. It was a game that you expected them to at least be competitive in. And I guess you could say, well, they, they lost that game in the first five minutes because Russell Westbrook was hitting threes and no one can beat a Russell Westbrook team right. when he's hitting threes. So maybe that was a fluke, but it's hard for me to imagine that there is some sort of switch. And I guess that's the argument you have to be making is because if you've been watching them, even though they've been better since uh, they made all the trades in the middle of the season and, and acquired Vanderbilt and, and Mo Bamba and, and all these other guys, they've been better. You can't argue that they've looked fresh. So, like, I, I guess the argument would have to be that LeBron is coasting and he's going to turn it up. What do you call it? Zero dark 30, whatever he calls it. Zero dark 40 at this point. Uh, and he's going to hit that switch in the playoffs. And I don't know that he has that switch for three rounds. Well, I guess two rounds. I, I just It's hard for me to convince myself of that other than just saying he's otherworldly, which he is. But at some point, it all stops. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it's more about Anthony Davis. Like, there was a like a two week stretch in this season where he looked like the, a top five, top three player in the league. He looked like the you know a, that guy. And if Anthony Davis can be that guy, then that raised the Lakers' ceiling. But to your point, how long can he do that without him like falling on the ground? And you they're worried about him being hurt. Like that is the big problem here. I think. I mean, this Pelicans team is somehow pulled together. Uh, you know, I mean, they they looked bad today against against the Wolves who were trying to give away that game but they have pulled together something that looked competent this season you know, in the last stretch of this season this win over them is not a foregone conclusion and if they're playing that Denver team it's over it's done you know like that that there's no way they're beating that Denver team their best chance they got to beat the Pelicans they got to hope that they can you know find some luck against the the Grizzlies but they're not beating the Warriors so yeah yeah I mean I hold up what you got Alabaster well, I just wonder how much of this is scar tissue from the Lakers team we saw at the beginning of the season that's affecting the way you guys think about this. Just because um, Anthony Davis is playing as good as he did in that stretch at the beginning of the season. He's been dominant over the last two weeks. I think you could make a, a legitimate case that on a per-game basis, while, he, while he's been healthy this year, he's been the fourth best player in the NBA. And what's interesting about that is, all right, you got – Elite big in Davis, you got LeBron, and you've got what's been the best defensive team in the NBA over the last, I don't know, month or so. Isn't that the recipe to strangle the life out yeah. of a Grizzlies team and take the air out of the ball and slow it down and make it miserable for them in a round? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the recipe, but these ingredients are pretty damn old. That's the problem when you are cooking. You better cook it fresh out the kitchen, and them things are not going to last, or fresh out the grocery store. That's the problem. Like, yeah, that's what I, the point I was making early on is, yeah, I think that they are good enough to beat any team on any night, and maybe even good enough to put together a series. But to do it twice against high-level opponents, they're going to have to there, – there were injuries last year, and they're always like – asterisks in every um, playoff run. So like maybe things will fall into place 10 years from now. We're not going to talk. about. I mean, forget 10 years from now. We don't even talk about what happened in the playoffs last year. We just know the Warriors won the championship. We don't talk about all the circumstances that came to be to allow them to be there. So yes, that could happen. But that to me feels like a long shot because I don't see them. So even the Clippers aren't at full strength, but the Clippers not at full strength gave the Lakers work again on a back to back. But I feel like that's more of a simulation of what it's going to be like, what their, the Lakers' legs are going to be like in the playoffs than anything else. While they may not play back-to-backs, they're going to be playing intense games with a night off in between. Like, it's going to be tough for them to do uh, night in and night out what they're going to need to do in this series. And they don't have anybody else that can just take over. Like, there's not this third scorer that if AD's off and LeBron's foot hurts, that can just carry the load. They, they are very thin. And the schedule has not been extremely tough in these last few weeks also. And and to that point of back, going back to that Clippers game, the reason they were so tired against that Clippers team, they went into overtime <laughs> against the Jazz team that was now playing Laurie Marketing. Like that was, yeah. you know, like that was a Jazz team that was actively trying to lose and they went into overtime with that team. Like they are, it's weird because they're winning games. They're winning games, not great teams. But like what's the signature there's not a lot of signature sort of dominant statement wins from the Lakers against some of these great teams. Uh, and, and lately in this run with at full strength, and I know a lot of people in the West, not at full strength, but you know, like, I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I think it's going to be tough to, I think you're, you're spot on. They can win They can win a game. They can win a game one. They can, you know, push somebody. But when it comes to doing this for seven games, it's going to be tough. You said that they aren't a deep team, but they have a secret weapon in their series against the Grizzlies. No, I'm not talking about Austin Reeves. Shannon Sharp. How big of an impact is the fact that Shannon Sharp is going to be trolling the Grizzlies oh, for two weeks going to be for this Lakers team? Uh, man, if Shannon can't give him no minutes off the bench, I don't think it's going to matter. <laughs> um, Austin Reeves has been turned into a hell of a player. And when I was making that statement about how they're not deep and they don't have anybody else who can carry the offense, in the back of my mind, there was a tiny man yelling, what about Austin Reeves? And then there was a much bigger and smarter man yelling, shut the hell up. I, I mean, Austin Reeves is a hell of a player, but – a playoff, like, big-time carry your team for a stretch, like, nah, they don't have that guy. And I don't I know, will maybe, say, maybe I will stretch, say Austin, go ahead. Austin Reeves, LeBron, AD on the court together are, like, plus 60 in, like, a, you know, in, like, in like 100 That's and some minutes. Like, they got that going for him. Austin Reeves, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which I'm trying to trying to make happen. He won't, you know, he's looking for a nickname, but it's not, it's not, it's not working out. Oh, Austin, Kareem nickname. Abdul-Jabbar, go for it. Uh, do it, do I it. I wish he was big. And I wish so, he was yeah, big. I think, if he was a big, it'd be so much better, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is Austin. Let's do it. Let's so do it. Much, Austin. Uh, uh, so much better than Hillbilly Kobe. I love that. Uh, I, Hillbilly um, Kobe's terrible. Next yeah, that wasn't, potential 2-7 uh, series that I think is interesting because – this was the conference finals. This was a running, a runner three-pointer away from going in the Heat's direction. Different year, but should the Celtics be afraid of the Heat if they make it through the play-in? Hmm. 
So last year, like you mentioned, it came close. Jimmy Butler is playing out of his mind as he tends to do in the playoffs and at the end of the season. But the Celtics are as good or maybe better than they were last year. And they've been doing it without Robert Williams in large part. So I feel like I'm pooping on a lot of the playoffs that seem like they're going to be some of the most exciting playoffs that we've had in NBA in a long time. But no, no, the Heat aren't good. Like Jimmy Butler can black out and go to the foul line 15 times a game. And Bam Adebayo is a, a transcendent defensive player. Yeah, that's aggressive. A really, really good defensive player to year caliber defensive player and an asset on offense. But that about it. Like they're Kyle Lowry ain't giving you nothing. I guess Tyler Hero occasionally gives you something, but he's not at the level where you'd want him to be. And everybody else like Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, them dudes ain't playing well. And it feels like the Celtics have gotten a little bit better, a little bit more mature, uh, a little deeper with Brogdon. And it feels like the Heat have done the same thing just in the other direction. They're a little bit worse than they were last year. And they're a little less deep and a little less talented. I guess they're more experienced. But at this point, Jimmy Butler's knees don't need more experience. They need some ice. Since this is going to be a sweep, I want to um, I want to discuss uh, my my uh, sweep theory, my, my sweep proposal that I have for the NBA. If you are a t- if you're a higher seed in the first round, if you win the first three games, it's a skunk and you just move on. Oh, we don't need I the fourth it. game. I love it. We do not need that fourth game. Three games. If you're a top top four seed, you go up three zero in the series. We don't need another four or five days because. The other team's going to win game four, and then now you got to play game five, and you got a week of extra meaningless basketball that has us waiting until the second round. Let's let's start it now. The Celtics are going to beat the Heat in the first three games. Move them on to the next round. Let them, let them rest for 10 days while the other team. I mean, play. you're taking money out of everybody's pocket, but that's fine. I'm with you. It's not money out of our pocket. Well, maybe. It ain't money out of my pocket. It's fine. You I know, mean, it's, it's, oh, less, it's less to talk about. It's less to talk about. We have more games to talk about, and we're going to have to strain to convince people. Well, yeah, it's not really much to talk about. I'm with you. Let's Number push two. for the skunk. Yeah. The next, the next CBA, since they just signed an extension, I don't know when the next CBA is. 2030, right. the next CBA, we will introduce – the playoff first round skunk roll. I like get off the sticks. I mean, what was the skunk roll? Yeah, just, just do it. Just do it. When I was in college, if you were playing Madden, 21 skunk. Yeah, 21 skunk. Uh, we do three goals in sticks. FIFA. That's it. Yeah, you got past the sticks. You down uh-huh. 3-0 in FIFA, past the sticks. I, I'm with it. This is something that video game culture should bring to all sports. Get your off the sticks. Stop wasting my time. Right. Get off the sticks. But- but far be it for me to suggest anything to Adam Silver, all wise uh, Adam Silver, uh, brilliant man and leader amongst men. Uh, but, you know, I think that the skunk rule should, should happen because this team, I mean, the Heat just are not going to score enough points. I understand that they have picked up the pace in the last couple of weeks, top half of the league in, in offense. Now, suddenly we have this Jimmy Butler is going to be a better player in the playoffs. We all believe that. We all know, but they don't have enough points and versatility to, you know, keep up with the Celtics. Like the Celtics, I mean, Spo, they got Coach Spo. We're gonna out coach this young whippersnapper. Like that's uh, that's only yeah, uh, he's thing gonna, I got yeah. for you. Yeah. The one thing it. I'll say is I I actually don't even think it's sort of like hypothetical that Jimmy Butler is gonna be better in the postseason. He's better now. This is another yeah. year. He didn't make the All Star team this year, and he's probably gonna make an All NBA team because. He just paced his season in a way right. where he's playing as well as pretty much any wing in the league going into the postseason. And yeah, I mean, 
of course the Celtics are more talented, but the Heat are sort of this grinded out team. And like, you know, we've seen heroes score in the high thirties in conference finals games. We've seen Bam be effective against like a, a large swath of wings. And oh. we don't know if Robert Williams is going to be largely right. available for that series. But I mean, I feel so like they don't need him. They've been great without him. But the point is, I guess maybe you would argue that against Bam, they need him, but whatever. The the point that I, I agree with you, and I said some of those things, but you said them again, which is fine. You got to be repetitive so people uh, can remember. <laughs> but um, I don't think that I disagree with you about the the stat. I mean, I can't disagree with you about the stats, and I don't disagree with you about trying to get some op- optimism and some energy into this series. But what would ha- have to happen, in my view, is that the Heat would have to win a couple early games, and then the Celtics would have to crumble under pressure, which is something that I could expect from a team that, I mean, wasn't Jason Tatum in the conference finals in his second year or something like that. Like these guys are not that team. They are not that team that is uncomfortable with uh, a little bit of pressure and is going to crumble like that. This is something that we could expect from a team with a lot less experience like the Kings. But the Celtics are a veteran playoff tested bunch. So I'm with you on the whole styles make fights and then the heat style is a hard style to beat. However, they just aren't talented enough and they aren't weak. They aren't weak mentally enough yet. They've been tested and hard. And I think that that really feels like there's no chance. So please record this and make me look dumb in a week when we have a game seven, because that'll be fun. Can we get some zeros? Yeah, in case um, you didn't, in case you didn't know, Jimmy Butler's playing really well, um, and uh, <laughs> Tyler Heroes is scoring in the high thirties. That explain that gives you two wins. That's two wins right there. That's a two yep. win situation right mm-hmm. there. That gives you that can stretch this to six. Like I think it's enough to make Boston anxious, nervous worried about the next two series and say, oh, they look bad against the Heat because, as you know, the Heat are going to slow it down. They're going to look, you know, not as efficient. But then they're going to win the series and move on. I mean, and and also I, I like to note they were also penciling the Heat in to, to, to win the first play-in game like we did the Lakers, which I would like to remind everybody, we just watched a whole month of basketball on the collegiate level where anybody could win a game or, or one night. And, you know, the Hawks team is feisty and they, they make a lot of threes from time to time. So, you know, we're not and, – and if the Heat end up playing that Bucks team, they ain't winning the game. Um, so the last thing I want to ask you guys is about Udonis Haslam thing. What would you guys think about that, like, incredibly long tribute video, his, like, sort of participation trophy where he got to score 24 points today? Were you for it, against it? Kind of weird. He's been there for 20 years, sort of like a mascot. I don't know. That hey, that's what that's he culture, baby. That's that's the thing that was for as much for Udonis Haslam as it was for every other player in the league, every free agent, every old player. They're saying, Look, this is how we treat you when you come to Miami. You get you can average 0.7 points per game or whatever he averages, and we will give you a tribute. We'll make a get put a rocking chair out there for you. We'll let you score 24 points. Dwayne Wade will wear your jersey. Uh, in, in the front row like this is heat this is like a heat yeah. culture propaganda thing that they did and it works masterfully every single time yeah I mean I I get the argument against it he wasn't that great a player but he was that great a player for this organization like he's a Miami guy he went to Florida which isn't Miami but like he's from Miami like he's been in Florida for much of his life he means something different to that team than any other player on any other team in the NBA and far be it for me to stand in the way of them and one of 
41 home games doing something a little weird one time. Yeah, I'm good with with somebody who has season tickets having a game that feels special because otherwise it's not. So, yeah, and and for UD, like he's – what has he earned it? Sure, why not? They gave it to him, so he earned it. He he earned the last couple years where he wasn't providing anything on the floor. He was just locker room presence guy. So, I don't know. It feels like if you have a problem with this, you're just a, a hater and you hate joy. How dare you stand in the way of happiness and a, and a reason to party in Miami? You are a jerk, my friend. He scored twenty four. He scored twenty four points. What if he unretires? What if you say I got so still got something left <laughs> yeah. in the tank? Yeah. Comes back. Yeah. Then, then ask for another video at the end of next season. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, another I, I'm about to say you're doing too much now. I'm I'm the uh, non menacing version of Udonis Haslam for this show. I'm just here <laughs> clapping in the background. I want a tribute video. I'm very pro Haslam. Okay. Okay. Uh, cool. We'll cut you one up. This would be uh, thirty six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> about 35 seconds too long. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about um, a fascinating playoff series, which is going to be the Clippers and Suns. But going into today, there was a lot of jockeying for position and people are scared of a potential Suns juggernaut. But it was tough because a lot of teams could end up in that five seed, six seed, fall into the plan. Should the Clippers have tried to duck the Suns in the first round? Okay. I got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit of a liar because... I stand up at every opportunity and I berate anyone who promotes tanking. And I would say, no, I ain't scared of nobody. I would play any team. But if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't want to play Kevin Durant. I would not argue that the Clippers should hide from him or any team, the Warriors, anyone should hide from him or the Suns. But if given the opportunity to play a team that has Kevin Durant or a team that does not have Kevin Durant, and maybe I'll play Kevin Durant, in a couple of weeks when he's a little bit more tired and like, God forbid, he roll an ankle or something. The man is long. Things happen. So I, I, I answer this both ways. Hell no. We ain't scared. We don't run from anybody. We got to beat him eventually to win the championship. Also, if, if we don't have to, I'm good. We ain't, ain't got to do too much. Like, just, just wait around. I'll, I'll go get him when he comes to me, but I'm not looking for him, you know? Like, I'm not waking Debo up. Yeah, the Clippers don't – I mean, the Clippers had no choice. They did not want to go down to the play-in tournament because remember what happened last season. They were in the play-in and had – you know, they had a good chance to make it out of there. And Paul George ended up in in um, your health and safety protocol, like yeah. a fluky thing that basically got knocked him out of the playoffs. You don't want to mess with that. Again, it's one game. Anything can happen, or two games, I guess. Anything can happen in that span. And they were sort of stuck. What's more interesting to me – is that the Sun seemed like they kind of wanted to play the Clippers a little bit? Yeah. Like they seemed like they kind of wanted the Clippers to win, and <laughs> they seemed again. more. We need a name more for that into. <laughs> yeah, they need. They seem more into that than they may have seemed uh, about playing the Warriors, which I think was kind of interesting. Like that that uh, fourth quarter looked a little tanky from the Suns' perspective. I mean, obviously they didn't play anybody, but that fourth quarter it was tight, and then it looked like they they you know even those reserves that they had there. Took the foot off the gas and the Clippers won that game and that's that's kind of how we well, not where, where we are. They investigating the Mavs though. I can't wait to that Mavs topic when we get to the Mavs. I got some heat for the Mavs, but anyway, yeah. I mean, I I, I just find it um, like you ain't got no dog in you. I feel like I'm in a position where I'm not competitive anymore, so I can make fun of people who are hiding. So if the Suns are hiding from the Warriors, they ain't got no dog in them. 
Also, I wouldn't want to play the defending champs either. But that ain't my problem. I'm not hiding from David Dennis. I, have, I welcome on the show. David, come on on the show. I'm not scared of you. But you you did virtually punch me in the face before, so I'm a little intimidated intimidated by you. Uh, I don't have a... Uh, Does don't, that make me Rudy Gobert in this scenario? I'd rather have the black eye and and not be Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that does make you Rudy a, Gobert. That's a slight... Eye. It just I, hit me that you clowning me on the roundabout. You think you smarter than me, don't you? Because you wrote a book. And you got it sitting behind your head. I could write a book. The movement, the movement, the movement made us paper. You don't know your left from your right. Man. Go ahead you know and get flipped. that. I just flipped in the camera. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand how that works. I don't understand. <laughs> but I can write good. I can write good. Go cut that right book. That it's good. Alabaster. You ever need in in this work? It is. It's yeah. a great book. I got it one. Mad, it makes me mad at my dad. Like, would you have done more in the civil rights movement, father? <laughs> <laughs> I got one one basketball follow up here, which is just. Would you be shocked if Kawhi Leonard was the best player in that series? No. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it's the question is, would you be shocked if Kawhi Leonard is better than um, Kevin Durant? Or are we putting uh, Devin Booker in this conversation also? Um, I think it's, yeah, I wouldn't be sure. The, the way that Kawhi's playing right now. No, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the best player in that series. Uh, the tough thing is if they don't have um, Paul George, which I think that helps a lot to have Paul George out there to take some of the both offensive and more importantly, the defensive load, someone who can credibly defend um, the top scorer on the other side. Like there's going to be nowhere for Kawhi to hide. And he's an aging superstar who like is still good defensively, but he's going to either be on when he's on the floor, he's going to either be on Kevin Durant or Devin Booker the entire time. That's a lot to ask without Paul George. And on the other end of the floor, there is place, there are places for um, KD or Devin to hide and get rest. So I think it's unlikely that he is the best. But it's, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, if, if Playoff P is playing, that's going to be the best player, baby. <laughs> playoff P is coming. Uh, no, I think, uh, I, you know, I, it would be inter- that's an interesting question, but I do think one thing is that uh, Kawhi Leonard's never quite had the answer for Kevin Durant defensively. Like, he's one of the best defenders of all time. But he – I mean, nobody's got to answer for Kevin Durant defensively. So there's that. But I think what's interesting about this matchup is that the Sun – we're going to see the real impact that Suns trade. Like, they traded wing defenders. And now they have two of the best wings in the league that they're going to have to defend if Paul George is playing, if Kawhi is playing – Kevin Durant's going to have to start playing some defense, and we got to, we're going to test and see how how healthy he is. Like this is this is kind of a blockbuster first round matchup that that I think is going to go long. It's uh, this. I know this isn't the question or the topic, but anytime we start thinking about people trying to guard Kevin Durant, I always end up in this place that if Kevin Durant's career could have gone a hundred different directions or it, it gone a hundred different ways, where does this one? lay in the like distribution of his greatness and as great as his career has been i feel like this is like um in the middle to the to the bottom Mm. of how great his career could have been given his talent like he can't be stopped offensively and he can (laughs) guard the rim like seriously a couple of titles uh, on a juggernaut is not what I would have expected. If you would have told me, like, I can give you a seven-footer who can shoot like a guard, handle the ball like a guard, and is uh, impact defensively, I'd say, yeah, he's going to be the best player in the league, hands down, for the course of several periods of time, and the story will be about his generation. And it's not. 
this is not his generation. Are he you is, saying Kevin is, Durant has underperformed in his career, Skip? Is that what you're no, saying, Skip? Don't ESPN my words. You ESPN the hell out of my words. That is what I'm is saying. Is Kevin but, Durant a disappointment? Wrote, what are we saying He wrote here? the <laughs> out of that headline. It's not that he's a disappointment, but... I mean, if we look back on this era, we're gonna. This era is gonna be LeBron and Steph, and Kevin Durant. Yes. In my view, is probably the. There we go. I'm give me the voice. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give, give you that, David Dennis. I don't know. I'm not gonna say anything else to get myself in any more trouble. Please, next topic, Alabaster. No, oh. this is fascinating. Good. I want to. I want to dig deeper in your thoughts on Durant because. This is the we're talking about two of the most interesting careers of this generation on the Mount Rushmore of LeBron, Steph, KD, and Kawhi. And both of them have been snake bitten in certain ways and had periods of extreme dominance. And so it, there's actually stuff at stake here. You think Durant's career could have been even greater? I agree. He's maybe the most talented scorer ever. But like, what's at stake then if there's more still for him to achieve? I don't I don't think anything's well, I mean, at I stake at this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, David. Yeah, I mean, I just think I just think if we're looking at Kevin Durant's career, and to your point, the only championships he won were with the Warriors, then that is like that says something. And we're looking at uh, we're talking about Kawhi and KD. It's been like what four years? Kevin Durant left Golden State, and Kawhi left Toronto. And when Kawhi joined Paul Paul George in Los Angeles, and KD joined Kyrie in Brooklyn. Who would have thought that they would have a combined zero championships with those two teams? You know, like that's yeah. some that says something. We're going we're yeah. going on half I mean, a I decade and with these he, teams, these guys could not win these championships. If KD is the star and leads them to a championship and is like the the bus driver in a way that um, people don't want to give him credit for those Golden State teams, which I understand, discount them because he joined a juggernaut, even though he was clearly the best player on those teams for those stretches. But that's fine. I get it. It makes sense. I think it does have some impact, but I feel like it's also kind of too late. I guess the point I was making is more like a blind resume point. If you like roll, mm. rolled out um, the like heights, weight, skill level, just like the, the 2K ratings for – all of the best players of this generation and you pick one, I think I'm picking Kevin Durant. I pick one to be like, this is going to be the best player of his generation. I think I'm picking Kevin Durant. And I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make is that as great as his career has been and it's through no fault of his own, like things happened. It's Mm -hmm. not as great as I think that 50% of the time, it probably would be better. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it just makes me a little bit sad, but appreciate the the greatness that he's given us so far. I mean, there there's a world where they beat that Heat in the finals when he's like 23 yeah. years old. Oh, there's gosh. a world where in 2016, you don't blow a 3-1 lead against the Warriors. You beat a 73-9 and <laughs> team, and then you go on yeah. and beat LeBron Sheesh. in the finals, and you Sheesh. win a championship, and then you don't go to Golden State, right? And you and hit you that have- shot against... um. Yeah, I, well, I guess if you don't go to Golden State, you don't end up with the Nets and you hit that shot. But anyway, yeah, like those, all those worlds exist. And yeah. one of those things should have gone in his direction. There's somewhere in the multiverse where Kevin Durant is the best player ever. And we're stuck with this sad, sad one with LeBron as the best player ever. And mm-hmm. I mean, even now he's in this place with this Suns team that was the best team in the West last year. They made the finals two years ago. It's not like he's like pulling a team up from the bootstraps to go to a championship. I mean, this is already a solid team, but you know, you have, you can even still, you can beat Kawhi in the first round. You can beat um, Jokic 
probably in the second round. Maybe, you know, who else, who knows in the conference final, maybe Steph in the Warriors, then maybe Giannis in the finals, and you have this, like, full, complete resume of a championship that does to him what the Warriors championship did to for, for Steph last year, where you yeah, get this sort fair. of, I'm the guy who's beating these these guys, I'm carrying this team, I'm scoring 40 in these, in these big moments, and I win the championship. Like, this can be what that is for Kevin Durant. I hope so. Hmm. And we didn't even talk about the multiverse where they just didn't trade James Harden in Oklahoma City. Um, oh, yeah. I but I pivot to a, a, a James Harden-like player. And that's Luka Doncic. Tim McMahon reported that the Mavs fear in 2024 he could demand a trade if things don't get better. He's on contract for a long time. He's one of the best young players this league has ever seen. So what do the Mavericks have to do to placate Luka Doncic this offseason? Oh, okay. So let's let's sort of do a little, you know, how do we get here? Type <laughs> type of situation. Like the Mavs have been embarrassing these last, you know, last month or so. Played themselves themselves out of the playoffs. Luca has been ex- growing increasingly frustrated this whole time, and everything sort of goes back to them, uh, you know, making bad trades. You know, getting rid of Brunson. The Kyrie trade has not worked out, and you know, Kyrie's probably gone in the offseason. Like let's just say that like there's a good chance that he's gone and Luca is looking around at a team that seems to be going nowhere and it's the franchise's you know decision to do this to make these moves and what's interesting to me from from your perspective Dominique is like sort of this moment in the player empowerment thing where he is two years into a 200 million contract 200 million dollar contract and it's probably you're not going to get what you want that's in, in a trade you're going to tank your franchise by trading him but this guy may want out in one year and we're in a situation where we wonder what is he going to do about it? Yeah. I don't think the Mavs can do anything to play Kate Luca and they've done everything that they could and it's all been wrong. And I think you can go back to that 2011 championship with um, Dirk DeWiskey and see that like that team wasn't supposed to win a championship, but somehow we've convinced ourselves that this organization is better than it is in part because of that championship that was kind of fluky with a roster that no one thought was good enough, but managed to catch uh, the the heat in the playoffs going through something. They turned up the heat mm-hmm. on the heat and LeBron cramped up. And then also the old JJ Barea situation where he wouldn't, he was being guarded by JJ Barea and he wouldn't back him down. Um, and they like gave up on that team the following year. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like we talk about Mark Cuban, like he's some great mastermind of an owner, but he hasn't really done anything. His biggest innovation was like to get them nice locker rooms. That was the big thing that they mm-hmm. talked about when he joined the league. Like he got nice locker rooms. And then he's like dancing around on the sidelines, making a show all the time. But what has he done? Like the, the organization has uh, sexual assault claims hanging over it. The organization hired a professional gambler at one point to, to kind of run the team. That went poorly. They've they fumbled into uh, Luca falling in their laps because whatever, the Atlanta Hawks, didn't understand um, uh, talent evaluation. Uh, they managed to get uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis, who's balling in D.C. right now, but didn't work there. They mm-hmm. let Jalen Brunson come and leave and ball and leave for nothing. They traded away actual players that they could use right now that complement Luka better for Kyrie, a guy that his skills are pretty duplicative of what Luka provides. Like, this team has been poorly run from a championship consideration, and 
past that if you take into account that the um the front office allegations they've been poorly run for uh for mark cuban's entire tenure but he got that one title where dirk went off and we pretend like he's smart because he's got a tv show this man has not done anything but this with this team so lucas should want to leave but he's probably not going to told you i had some heat i mean and, and i mean even with all that all that fire that you got that for the for the Mavs, they were unable to get any free aid. They we you know could not get Chris Paul, could not get Dwight Howard. They were not really in conversation for any of the big uh free agents that have that have come about. They've never really been in conversation for any of these guys who wanted out and wanted trades or any of that sort of stuff. And now Luca is is experienced. Like Luca, I said this before, Luca is the one, you know, scenario where a player wanted players on his team and it was a better decision than the front office like he wanted he said hey keep brunson hey i want these people around me and they got rid of them. they got rid of the second third and fourth best players in a team that made the conference finals and then the next year they're out and but do you think luca's staying you think he's going to just stick with the money no matter what yeah i mean i i honestly i don't know what he's going to do uh, mm-hmm. Luca seems a bit different from the other European players in part because maybe he's a bit more jaded because he's been a professional for a lot longer and been a great professional for a lot longer. But I, I guess it's a bit of uh, looking back at history, whereas Dirk could have won it. But I guess the player empowerment was not as strong back then. But Dirk could have won it out. He had reason to one out plenty of times, given what they were putting around him. And it didn't happen. So I should not assume that Luca is, is the same as Dirk there from wildly different countries but i guess i just assume that mm. it's not going to happen down there because he does have no he doesn't i was going to say he does have some power but clearly he doesn't have power because the guy said he wanted is gone so there's really nothing keeping him there so are they going to trade him trade him before he i think he's going to ask out? for a trade i'm i think yeah i mean i think obviously if i, I mean obviously this is something that the league is going to not want to happen and the league is going to say you know try what they can to um you know, convince people to stay where they need to stay. Because what, what you don't want is, you know, that's what the supermaxes are all about. What you do, that that's, should be enough money to keep a player in an organization. Like we had this with, we have this with Luca Zion, there was a conversation about that with Zion Williams before he, before the team actually kind of got good. And, you know, he was not, yeah. you know, as healthy as he, you know, not healthy. But Luca is sort of that test case. Like how much is this supermax, is this amount of money, enough money to keep your MVP level player on a team even if that team seems like a dead end and like, there's not even, I wouldn't even call this player empowerment because this is like organizational malfeasance. Like this is like the the organization has ruined the first couple of first few years. They had a lucky sort of playoff run because the the Phoenix sort of folded uh, when they had no business winning that. And everybody has been making fun of the Atlanta Hawks for the last few years for making this trade, but they've done better building talent around Trey Young, who is not as good as Luka Doncic, but they've Jeez. done better putting talent around him and getting him at least into play-ins and playoffs every single year, building around him in a way better than that's better than what Mark Cuban has been doing. And I agree with you 100% that a lot of this stuff that Mark Cuban has been doing is, you know, he was all this early tech bubble guy, young billionaire, loud on the sidelines, arguing with the refs that has hyped up his level of, you know, ability and brilliance or whatever beyond what he really deserves. And like, we don't, we give Mark Cuban the benefit of the doubt because of that when he hasn't done anything to show it. Yeah. Luca's going to stay. 
He's not. I, I just got a feeling he's not going anywhere because he, he goes elsewhere and then he becomes the guy that we ridicule and we don't blame the organization for failing him. I, I, right now, he's in a nice little. Well, I guess he probably thinks that he wants to be great. He wants to go somewhere and win a championship. I hope he forces his way out. Come to D.C. Well, we'll we can build a bound, bad team around you. Hey, man. Hey man, that that Luca that Luca to uh to the Lakers trade is gonna hit like a like a million bucks. Gonna hit the timeline like a meteor. Goodness gracious, guys! I want him on the Knicks. Can you imagine the Garden putting him and Brunson in New York? It would be awesome. That would be fun. I'd go to a game or two. Yeah, oh, yeah give me that. Um, all right. So we've done all of a lot of real basketball stories, but we also should mention the NBA has been insane today. There have been Donnie Brooks galore. And the big one, the big one is with the T-Wolves. What's your reaction to Rudy Gobert throwing a punch at Kyle Henderson on the Wolves bench? Oh, man. So I wanted to defend Rudy in this one, but he threw the punch and then he scurried away. And it was, it turned like holding his arm. Like she knows that Rudy's about to go in and do something. Then he... It's like a push punch and then scurries. You can't punch and scurry. You don't punch and scurry. You stand your ground. Ah, oh, man. It's yeah, really man. disappointing. I mean, you shouldn't punch your teammates at all. I guess I should commend him for not punching him in the face because it didn't seem like he really wanted a problem. He just really wanted to push him and show him he was a little mad because it's not really a punch, is it? It was like a, it was a, it was a, you know, Rudy, y'all been playing with Rudy's name in these streets, man. Y'all been playing with Rudy. Everybody's been calling him soft and was making fun of him because he was crying because he didn't make the all-star team that one year and, you know, blaming him for, you know, spreading a global pandemic that one time. Everybody been playing with Rudy Gobert's name. He had to make sure that y'all know what's real in these streets. Rudy ain't nothing to play with. You know, give Rudy. me a little shove. You know, give me a little, a little fisty shove. <laughs> That'll help. Like, I feel like that reinforces everything that people say about Rudy. Like, I wanted it to be a serious Rudy, like him grabbing himself and standing strong. He didn't. It was like a little elbow or a little shoulder shove and then a swift backpedal. So, like that, yeah, said, reinforces you don't know, everything. You don't know you're playing with. You give him a little soccer, a little soccer blue right to the face. That was the most French altercation I've seen since the World Cup. What you didn't, what you didn't catch is after the after that happened, he pulled out a, a little white glove from his pocket and slapped him with it, and challenged him to a duel outside. To be fair though, I was, was gonna uh, make fun was, of the was, French, the French soccer team for being soft, but they're not like Zinedine Zidane is the headbutter. Like he was about that action, he was throwing yeah. headbutts. Yeah. Mbappe, he don't play. Pogba, uh, take one. T- I don't know actually. I'm just saying names at this point. But Rudy, I just don't want to say Rudy the- Gobert because nothing he does or says ever makes me happy. I mean, but that team, that team, it looked like a, the, you know, somebody else got up, pushed him. That's, that looked like a team that was really just kind of fed up with, that was like, okay, that's the last thing with Rudy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah, was it. That like, is. we don't, yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, it seems like a team that's kind of fed up with him. He just got there. Like, Utah was yeah. fed up with him. Donovan Mitchell yeah. was fed up with him. Like, how can you be so tall and so unlikable? What's up? And this is a team that, you know, they traded a million draft picks for this guy. And, and they, we all said it was game, dumb. This was, it was all we all said it was dumb. And this is a team that that highlight was from them playing for a play-in spot, like Ugh. that's the play-in, like for you know to try to get into the playoffs to lose in the first round. And they 
you know, gave their future away for Rudy Gobert and basically made a trade for Mike Conley just to have somebody who likes him in the locker room and could like unleash Gobert's fadeaway jumper, which he made once that one time. Anthony Edwards should demand a trade ASAP. All right, what's up, Alabaster? Uh, they sent him home and ended up winning the game. The Timberwolves ended up beating the Pelicans in that game, which is just a great detail. Yes, um, they did. They sent him home. All right, guys, let's move on to a couple quotes. We're going to end with a couple whodunits. First one, Steph Curry is a perfect human being. And your choices, Steve Kerr, Andre Iguodala, Aisha Curry, or David Dennis Jr.? Hmm. Gotta I mean, be David I've said Dennis that Jr. Multiple, I've said that multiple times. I don't know if that if that's if it's this specific time that you're talking about, but I say that every night before I go to sleep, pretty I mean, much, and I wish upon a star. Aisha might think it, but she would never say it. Steve Kerr might say it. Andre might say it. Uh, I think it's A, B, or D. What do you think, David? I'm going with myself on a daily basis, but for this quote, I'm going with Iggy. Iggy said that. All right. I trust you. Iggy said it. And that's what makes me think Steph right? is yeah. weird in all accounts. He's the oldest son, and he's different. He's a perfect human being. I don't he's know different. Something wrong. Something wrong with him. We gonna find out. Was not ready for that pan over to to Divincenzo's, looking like uh, looking like John B over there. Like that was not ready for him. Say <laughs> you, giving, uh, Dante B like Rabbit, Vincenzo. Yeah. Mm, he got some bars. Looked like uh, one of the singers from All for One. <laughs> oh man 90s kids rejoice right, one, else more, we yes, one more quote for you guys didn't know Did Iggy know was interviewing gonna... color me bad <laughs> <laughs> alright last quote uh, to know that we're going to finish a few games above 500 oh, it's pretty cool and your choices are Mikael Bridges, Carl Anthony Towns CJ McCollum or LeBron huh it feels All like right. a Carl Anthony Towns quote. Ah, uh, with with the fake deep voice or with his normal voice? That's, yeah, that feels like which that feels like uh, him channeling with the Kanye voice that he does. He, he can he could sing on one of those um those nineties boy like candy coated rainbows. I feel like yeah he could he could hit them notes. <laughs> My love. All right, tell I think, us, uh, we're going. I think with Carl Kat. Anthony Towns and Divincenzo look like they have each other's voices. By the way. <laughs> To know that yeah. we didn't finish a few oh, games above 500. Oh, look at that bass. Uh, you hear that bass? It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. That's sad. Wow. Wow. How the, the mighty. The bass, how the mighty. The bass was falling. There, yeah. A few games above 500. And you ever see. Um, had... Yeah, he wouldn't. Did you ever see House Party? His House Party movie? No, the latest one. No, I I missed yeah. that. Sorry. Good. I haven't seen uh, it either. I, I love myself. My yeah, but Space Jam Two was a uh, was uh, a movie. Space Jam Two was a movie. <laughs> that, it happened. Apparently, that's more <laughs> than people can say. I mean, I've heard people talk about the the um, House Party movie, and I heard it was pretty bad. But Space Jam, people didn't like that either, did they? I haven't seen that either. It was it was a movie. It had a it had a it had an opening credit, um, and then it had a, a closing credit that was there were words there uh, with, with the name of the people who were there. Uh, yeah, there, it was there was the movies that happened. Get us out of here, happened. please, before we upset LeBron James. We don't want to do that. <laughs>